Welcome to our first episode of the Sleepway Great Debate Show for season 2021. I'm your host, Sheehan, and you'll be hearing my dulcet tones all season as I tackle some of the best fantasy football minds in a war of words to help you decide who you should be targeting on the waiver wire each week. For those of you joining us for the first time this season, I'm, of course, taking over from the legendary Professor Chris. But if you're worried about my credentials, just relax. I was debating captain in high school. Joining me at the podium tonight from Real Deal Fantasy HQ, the Wolfpack Alpha himself, Laquan Jones. How are you doing? Doing good, man. I'm glad to be here. I'm, thank you for the invite, and I'm excited for today's show. Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, I was doing this on Twitter earlier today. I think there's so much negativity around with people saying you shouldn't take victory laps after week one. You shouldn't celebrate too early. But tell me, who were you right about this week? Uh, Van Jefferson. I've been beating that drum for the last year and a half, so... I'm definitely taking that victory lap. Everybody was saying, oh, Deshaun Jackson, the 50-year-old man that's going to be on the field cutting <laughs> into snaps. Oh, Tutu Atwell, who was committed and told to be doing special teams two weeks after he was drafted. So it's like, who else is left out? Van Jefferson's going to be that guy. Love it. I always uh, like to believe it when a fan of a team tells me there's a guy to watch on his uh, in his 53-man roster. I don't get why people debate me. Like, I'm not a diehard fan. And, like, I show that each week that I follow the Rams very closely. <laughs> absolutely i'll be uh, keeping close eye on jefferson myself from here on out and uh it's monday night do you need any monday night miracles we're about 20 minutes from kickoff now uh yeah i need mark andrews to put up uh 79 points because uh i was victim to grunk ab and brady so yeah that's how i started the week one off <laughs> ouch i think i need about the same from uh from mark andrews as well and i've crossed everything for tyson williams to just hold off lamar jackson and uh, hopefully <laughs> yeah. we'll be okay Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Anything can happen in fantasy. Absolutely. Who's who's to say Mark Andrews might have his, his absolute breakout game? Six, seven touchdowns and they could... It is the Raiders. Who knows what Gruden will cook up? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so tonight in the show, we are talking about Robin. We're talking about Dr. Watson. We are talking about Odie the dog. It's the battle of the sidekicks and the second fiddles. We're talking Arizona's Christian Kirk versus Sterling Shepard of the New York football giants. Laquan, you're arguing the case for Kirk. I will be arguing the case for Shepard. For those of you new to the show, the rules are simple. Each of us will have two minutes to make a case for our player, followed by a minute of rebuttal. The end of the debate will cover any additional thoughts. And new for this season is the challenge flag. Each of us can throw our challenge flag once if we like during the other person's time. Your challenge must be in the form of a question. It can't be in the first 30 seconds of the other person's spiel. As our guest, Laquan, you get to go first. So tell us why we should be spending our fab on Captain Kirk. All right. So Captain Kirk, I'm not telling you to go spend out, you know, a boatload of money for him. But I am saying he is worth to go at. Being that what we saw basically on Sunday, he was very useful for all the targets he had. He was five for five, 70 yards. He had a touchdown. And the thing is about the touchdown, he's always been a deep threat. He actually, you know what? I think he had two touchdowns. Let's double it up. Two touchdowns, and that's where I think Christian Kirk lives and breathes. He only played 57% of the snaps, so I honestly think with A.J. Green playing 80% of those snaps, I definitely think going into the next week, we might see a shift in the snap shares where Christian Kirk might actually own up to that second or maybe third wide receiver spot. So I think, honestly, spending your fab on Christian Kirk, I don't think he's more so of like a weekly guy, but you do want him on your bench when the time is needed. You want him to be a guy you can plug and play into a bye week or if you're facing injury at wide receiver. I like guys 
that can stretch the field and make big plays like that. So I don't think you'll be depending on him week to week because this year wide receivers were pretty deep. So I definitely think you have a good depth chart with your wide receivers, but he is definitely an add that he needs to be on your roster when he can make big plays like that. Excellent. Well, you'll be pleased to know I have some thoughts (laughs) because that's how this show works. (laughs) <laughs> now, as far as I'm concerned, you're dead right. He is a big play threat, and Arizona are a big play offense. Kirk yeah. lives and breathes in the slot, and we know what our slot receivers love to do. They need volume. Very rarely do the small slot guys or the vertical slot guys really have reliable week-to-week value. And as far as I'm concerned, if I'm getting a bi-week fill-in, bi-week plug-in, I want a guy who is not going to shit the bed and totally ruin my roster when I have to. <laughs> He's going to be one of these guys, I think, like Marvin Jones, where you don't play him the week you want to play him and you do play him the week you wish you had. Yeah. My concern as well with more, uh, with more is Kirk is that Rondale Moore is in town and Cliff Kingsbury. We know he loves his shiny toys and there is no shinier newer toy for him than Rondale Moore. Moore was only out there for 20 snaps. That's about half of what Kirk has, but he was targeted on five of those 20 snaps. That is an incredibly high work rate, uh, incredibly high usage rate. And I think yeah. a lot of those targets that might go to the guys in the slot are going to go to that dynamic pocket rocket from Minnesota. <laughs> I agree. Rondon Moore is in town. I definitely like he's explosive. I just think this is my rebuttal. By the way. I just think <laughs> Christian Kirk has a leg up when it comes to experience and the playbook. So I definitely think the chemistry is there between Murray and Kirk more so than Ronald Moore and Kyler Murray. I would say that I like Kirk early in the season and we've seen that that he's going to be more involved because you say he's, he's familiar, familiar with the system yeah. but I think as the year goes on we'll see uh, Rondell Moore drop off we'd have to hope if you're buying Kirk this week that AJ Green is gets injured basically and Kirk is going to see the field yeah. more I honestly think AJ Green he's getting the opportunities Like I, I hate to see him get so many targets and not produce with them so it's kind of like I was rooting for him all off season being that most of his, you know, under unwell, underwhelming, you know, performance last season wasn't totally his fault. It was Joe Burrow's with his inaccuracy, going downfield, pushing the ball aggressively, et cetera, et cetera. But now it's starting to look like he's watched. So maybe without injury, we'll see the switch where Christian Kirk gets above that 80, 82% of snap share. I mean, we can only hope that uh, Cliff Kingsbury makes some good decisions rather than poor ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Regular listeners will know I'm no fan of Kingsbury. Well, Kingsbury aside, let's move on to Sterling Shepard, the man you should be picking up off your waiver wires this week. Now, <laughs> Sterling Shepard, nine targets, seven catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. If you haven't seen the touchdown, just go back and watch what he can do with ball in hand. He plucks it out of the air beautifully, makes guys miss, and scores down the sideline. I was saying to one of our guys at Sleeper here, it's such an underrated skill. Guys who can finish off a touchdown. We saw that on Thursday night with C.D. Lamb. We saw it with Sterling Shepard. They're guys you want on your roster because they're not relying on the quarterback to get them the ball. They're making it happen themselves. Unlike Kirk, Shepard was on the field for 95% of the Giants' snaps. Only four Giants' offensive players were on for more, and you can't score points if you aren't on the field. The Giants, they are no strangers to not scoring points, and they are going to be playing from behind this year, and that's perfect for Sterling Shepard. We know Kenny Golladay's out there. He's going to be getting the coverage. We know... Uh, Darius Slayton's going to be stretching the field, but Shepard's that guy who helps them move the chains, and they're a team who are going to need the chains often moved. 
We know Jones has got issues with turnovers as well. How comfortable is he going to feel targeting Evan Engram over the middle when he might uh, end up throwing more more picks off Engram's hands? I think uh, Jones' turnovers suit Sterling Shepard because he's going to be more gun-shy. He's not going to want to be going deep to Kenny Golladay in double coverage, triple coverage like Stafford was. He's not going to want to be taking those shots to Slate if he's already got uh, two passes going to the opposition in the books or in yeah. in the second quarter already. <laughs> and the beautiful thing about that opportunity, Sterling Shepard averages seven targets per game over his career. Yes, Kirk this week had five for five, 70 yards, two touchdowns. You take away those touchdowns, I think that five catches, 70 yards is Sterling Shepard's floor. And that is beautiful in uh, points per reception leagues. And I will wrap it up there and you can tell me why I'm wrong. So Sterling Shepard, here's the thing. We have a history together. So I'm obviously going to bring up the injury history. He is a guy that you want to be so great because he can be electric. I really feel like what we saw week one, it was just amazing to see him snatch the ball out of the air, make jump cuts and just avoid tackles and et cetera, et cetera, because he's healthy now. So it's not more so I'm worried about the quarterback play with Daniel Jones with, you know, his 28th start and 40th turnover. That's a little stat that's out there where it's just like, yeah, this guy sucks. So it's like <laughs> I really don't want to lean on Daniel Jones as the reason why I don't want a Sterling Shepard because you hit the nail on the head. They're not depending on Daniel Jones to get them the ball. They're making plays after the catch once they get it and make it count. But it's the long-term relationship you'll have with Sterling Shepard. You don't want to pay the big amount of fab now just to drop them off week six, week seven, or just to have them on your bench rotting for six to seven weeks because of injury. He, he's faced injury plenty of times. There's people that spent like an eighth round, seventh round pick on him like years prior. This year, he's going in the later, later rounds where people are not having that demand to actually start him because he's already on the bench. So you're dealing with a headache where you're in a situation where you have a guy that's on your bench. He's rotting away because you don't have enough to want to put him in because a Daniel Jones, that offense, they're going to be feeding other guys as well. I love that Kenny G's there, but like you said, he's probably not going to get the deep targets that he wants, but Saquon Barkley by week three, will be back to normal. I think that workload will definitely change. So somebody's not going to hit. It's either going to be Shepard Slayton or Kenny G because either way, Saquon Barkley is going to be back full effect week three, and he's going to be eating everything up. Yeah, I can't argue with that with uh, with Barkley coming back. We'll we'll sort of go into a bit more of a, a nebulous general thoughts about these guys. Mm-hmm. How many or what percentage of FARB would you be dropping on either of these, uh, Kirk or Shepard? So if you're in a league with obviously I think the standard is like a hundred hundred dollar FAB, I'm doing probably ten percent. Ten percent for for a Sterling Shepard right now. Being that again, you're making this long term relationship with him where you're hoping that he stays healthy. Now, Christian Kirk, uh, I'll probably do less than that. You know, I'll throw, throw probably like, you know, less than 10% on the fab for him because, again, you hit the nail on the head, take the touchdowns out, then what are we really looking at? Looking at his floor. But I'm going to stick to my guns and be pushing for Christian Kirk, so I'm going to pay for Christian Kirk for more likely that I feel as though he can give us a healthy season over Sterling Shepard. I'm a big fan of Kirk this year. I, I think he's going to be an excellent player, and I really hope he can get those big plays. My concern, as I brought up, is the the big play nature of the offense. I think there's an issue with Kansas City as well, why they don't support a notional wide receiver too. I know they've got Kelsey yeah. and, and Hill. Is this just an explosive offense? They don't need guys to move the ball down the field because they do it in three plays. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's Murray's no good for volume guys. Too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, in the red zone, with the gut, he's got Hopkins there, and you know he's going to throw to him in triple, quadruple yeah. coverage. He's going to run it himself. He's got AJ Green, who's a big body there. Or they'll scheme it up for Rondale Moore. Even last year, they, I think they ran the ball in the red zone almost as much as any team other than Tennessee, and they've now got James Conner, who's more suited for that suited goal for that line ball. thumper role. Yep. Um, I agree. Shepard, on the other hand, I think there's an interesting comparison to be made between Rondale Moore and Kadarius Tony, in that they're both those kind of uh, offensive weapon types. We've seen that as Kingsbury obviously wants more involved, which is good if you're a more owner. I wasn't a massive fan of his, um, yeah. but it, it was good to see what he could do. Kadarius Tony, on the other hand, has just proved that he's a bit of a knucklehead all all yeah. off season. We saw him get absolutely blown up. I was watching um, the highlights of the Giants game today. And it was like the scene in the Water Boy where the uh, the opposing <laughs> university uh, yeah. has the towel boy at wide receiver. The guy yeah. got absolutely shit mixed, and uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't all go well for someone you spent first round capital on. But I'm sure that Jason yeah. Garrett is a offensive one will get him involved soon enough. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on uh, on either of these guys? Uh, I think both these guys are electric. I, I think they're they're on the radar to add this week. I definitely think, you know, they can make an impact once their name is called and put in starting lineups. But I got to ask myself and ask everybody, we're not putting them in our starting lineups in week two, right? These are just depth pieces. These are guys that we want to actually be able to step up when we face injury or bye week. So uh, hopefully nobody's jumping the gun. Overreaction Monday is real. People do things like that. I'm a victim of it as well. I, I've dropped a couple of players that I'm not going to name because you're going to be like, what? You dropped them after one week? Yes, we all been there. But. I definitely want to keep an eye on some of these players, especially, you know, guys that are being dropped like rookies that you just need to be patient for, man. Yep. And I think you made a really, a really good point about not overpaying for Shepard because he is the sort of guy you're going to drop week six, week seven, when those bye weeks are rolling around and the the Giants are on by, he's a guy at the bottom of your roster because he just doesn't have that ceiling. I like his floor, uh, but I'm, I'm very much a ceiling guy. And just before we sign off, who are you targeting on the waivers this week? Uh man, it, it's a tough question because I need so many paid players because based on situation for me, really, losing Ryan Fitzpatrick in my super flex, I obviously I go get me some Taylor Heineke. I don't want to be a handicap. I, I took the gamble, I took the risk on getting Deshaun Watson, and I got uh Kirk Cousins as my QB one right now. So I can't have Kirk out there depending on him with his struggles and turnovers as well to try to carry my team. So I'm starting off on one, so I gotta get Taylor Heineke and Probably make some trades. I'm pretty deep at wide receiver, so I got to make some trades to get a quarterback. Yep, I will be. Well, I've put in bids for Mitchell in uh, in one of my yep. leagues. I'm a good luck, big fan. Somebody, somebody's <laughs> dropping like sixty on them. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I think it is going to be all or nothing. There is a couple yeah. of people in that league who will have no qualms about spending a hundred percent in week one. I'm staying away. Shanahan's known th- to be a liar. <laughs> I agree. It's a uh, it's a tough one, but he has everything you want to succeed in that offense. So he definitely does. He definitely does. And even if he's on my roster, that means he's not in someone else's beating me. Exactly. If he does you blow up, the headache. I'm that guy too. I, I like your thinking. I do that too. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining me, and thanks for joining uh, joining our show here tonight. Tell the good people at home where they can find you and what you're up to. Hey, you guys can find me at Real Deal Fantasy on Instagram, Facebook. YouTube and obviously Twitter. I got a lot of things coming out, especially for this season, working with Pat Mayo at the Mayo Media. You can catch me on XTB as well, weekly videos there, doing my picks for Thrive Fantasy and uh, everywhere else on your timeline, man. 
Awesome. Well, absolutely well worth a follow. Well worth tuning into the shows on YouTube. And thank you all for tuning into the great debate. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Sleepwire Show. Chuck us a few dollars on Patreon if you're so inclined. You can follow me on Twitter at She and Solo. We'll catch you next time.